I hope that's just kind of the heartbeat of our entire church, whether we're going to school or the workplace or across the world or whenever the time comes when people might look at us like they looked at the early disciples and said, you need to stop speaking in that name. You need to stop speaking about this resurrection. They said, hey, you got to choose whether you're going to follow God or not. But for us, we can't but serve God. Then let me be guilty. So that's that's kind of what we're coming into today. Let's pray as we go to the word quick that the Lord would just teach us again and revive within us that that desire to make him known because he's so good. So, Father, we come to you and we ask this morning that you would put us at your feet, that you would be our teacher and that you would speak to us about the gospel. And I pray that you'd use my mind and my heart and my lips to speak what you have willed for me to say today. I pray that as we commission these kids and these parents and staff and teachers, everybody, Lord, that you would just make this a a great tidal wave into our schools uh, with the words of Jesus. And so we pray over this morning again in Jesus' name. Amen. I remember almost every year that I went to school, I was super excited because you're going to meet new friends. uh, You're going to find out who's in your class, what teachers you have, except there was there was one year that I wasn't too excited to go back to school. And it was in the eighth grade. And the reason I was not excited to not go to school wasn't because I was getting acne. It wasn't because my clothes weren't right. It was because that year for my teacher, I had my dad. (laughs) It was one of those things like you kind of go to school in in junior high to get away from your parents sometimes. And I went to school leaving my parents and then arriving at my dad's desk. You know, it was that type of thing. It ended up being really great. And it ended up being the opportunity to have my dad kind of guide me through a year uh, I needed him in, in junior high. And um, so I'm hoping that tomorrow is just this great opportunity for us to go into our schools, no matter where he sends you and no matter where he sends us. And for some of us, we've graduated school. Some of you are retired. You're not even thinking about school anymore. But whether you like it or not, we are called a body, a church. And God has called us to be supportive of those who are going here, there, and everywhere. And so we have this great opportunity with our youth. But here's the reality of the situation. We would have no, no joy. We would have no opportunity for, for excitement in what's about to happen if it wasn't surrounding Jesus Christ. Because the scripture starts out in a place that says it was pitiful. God was trying to teach human beings, Adam and Eve, just about how things worked. He said, this is my creation. This is the sanctuary in which you can see me. And here are the rules. I want you to make more people. I want you to take care of this garden. And you can eat of anything in this garden except for that one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Well, just like naughty school children, they went into that place and they took the apple and they were deceived by the serpent. And they ate the apple and therefore started this pitiful uh, a state that we have come into as well, whereby we are sinners. And as a result, the scripture says we're going to die. And if left to die, not only in this life, without the rescue of Jesus for all of eternity, we're done. But God is a good God. And he looks upon his creation, specifically human beings, which bear his image. And he says, I don't want them to be pitiful. I don't want it to be tragic. I don't want them to die. I love them too much. And I want them with me for all of eternity. So he struck out on this huge plan, starting in the beginning of scripture. And then we get to the New Testament, where finally he injects himself into humanity, into history by his own son, Jesus Christ, coming down as God, taking on flesh and becoming a baby boy. 
And Jesus would have grown up as a baby boy into a, a young man, and he would have gone off to school. He would have gone off and he would have learned the things that Jewish boys and girls would have learned at that time. And it says that as he grew up, he, he, he took on his dad's trade. He became a carpenter. But then later on, he started in a ministry. He began going around helping people. He would heal the blind and the leper. He would go out and he would teach, and people would be just, they would love what he was saying as the teacher now. But the greatest was all of all was that he didn't come just to do good things and to and to teach good mottos. The scripture says that Jesus went up on that hill and he died and was crucified instead of us. He did not deserve to die. He hadn't done anything. But for all of us who have sinned and deserve to die, he took our place so that if we would say, Jesus, please forgive me. He takes our sin and he put it on himself on the cross. And then he takes his life and his holiness and he gives it to us. And he says, here you go. Here's a relationship with me. Here is life. Here is eternity. Let's go. Let's go. So when Jesus was on earth, I want to highlight today the people that he was coming into contact with. He spoke to crowds, but there was a particular group of people that were his students. It was like school on the road with Jesus. And there was 12 of them who were called disciples, apostles. And there's a story in Luke chapter five that talks about when he first called these students into his classroom and it goes like this it says on one occasion while the crowd was pressing in on jesus to hear the word of god he was standing by the lake of gennesaret or the sea of galilee and he saw two boats by the lake but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets getting into one of the boats which was simon's he asked them to put out a little from the land and he sat down and taught the people from the boat and when he had finished speaking he said to simon Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me. For I'm a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And also also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed Jesus. That's an incredible story because you have a carpenter who's telling fishermen, Hey, go out and go fishing. They said, we've been up all night because that's when fishermen go fishing. We didn't catch a thing. But there's this critical point in that story when Peter says something, Simon says something. He says, but at your word. Basically, Jesus, because you said so, you don't know a thing about fishing, but I just heard you teach. And because I'm, I'm starting to get who you are and I've seen what you've done because you've said at your word, we'll go do it. Well, at Jesus's word, not only the disciples go out to go fishing, but because of Jesus command, I believe scores of fish went into those nets and gave up their lives so that Peter and the other first disciples could sense we need to know this Jesus guy. And once they saw the fish, Peter recognized how insufficient he was to even be in Jesus presence. And he was on his knees and he said this, go away from me. I'm a sinful man. And Jesus's purpose wasn't to make himself so superior to Peter to get rid of him. His opportunity was to say, now that you know who I am, 
His first words to Peter were, don't be afraid. I love that. Have you ever been a Christian and realized, I I don't even know if I can keep the Ten Commandments. How am I supposed to do anything else? We can't depart from Jesus. But when we see how magnificent he is and this great opportunity he's called us into in life, then he looks at us and he says, don't be afraid. I've got something for you to do. Now he tells Peter, now you're going to go catch men. I'm sure Peter was thinking, how do you go put men and women in nets? That doesn't make any sense. How do you, they don't live in the water. They had to go figure that out. He didn't know what was coming next, but he took Jesus again in his word. It says they came up on the shore and they left everything. Everything doesn't just mean the fish, the nets, the boats. They were leaving a business. They were leaving their fathers saying, Dad, I can't run the family business anymore. I got to follow this homeless man. But I'm not afraid. I'm going to go catch men. And so the scripture says that these men followed Jesus. They were in his school and they went around with him. And we had earlier when Bryson read so great for us out of Acts, Jesus had this verse. Now, this comes after Jesus died and he is resurrected. So now Jesus is going around. It says in Acts, he is using 40 days to prove that he's not just a ghost, but he's a real living, resurrected person. And he's teaching about the kingdom of God. And as he's conveying this to these men that he would release to go share about him, this is what he says to them in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So the plan for going to fish for people was Jesus said, First, I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit. He's going to empower you to do the job. And then we're going to do this. We're going to go fish in every pond and every lake in this entire world, starting in this place and going all over. And they went out and they spread the message of Jesus Christ. And when you watch what happens in that early church, when Jesus here sends them, here is a bunch of. Of, of people that, uh, that were made fun of because they had an accent, uh, because some of them were poor, some of them had been sinners and tax collectors, and people didn't want to listen at first, but the power of the Holy Spirit and the commissioning of Jesus, they went out unafraid, even if they were going to be whipped and flogged and killed, going to share the good news of how we deserve to die, but Jesus saves us from our sins. And so Peter and the rest of them go out and they begin to spread this message. And it, it was such an overwhelming message that it even took people that no one ever thought would be saved. And God saved them. One of them was a guy named Paul. Paul had hated Jesus and he hated Jesus followers and he hated them so much that his intent wasn't to go spread the news of Jesus. His intent was to squash the news of Jesus. And so he persecuted Christians, including violently helping kill them. And it was one day when, when Paul was going along the road, Jesus stopped him and said, hey, why are, you per, why are you persecuting me? No longer will you persecute me. You will now be the one who's persecuted. I have a job for you to do. You're going to go tell people about me. And so Paul starts going on mission. He goes and starts telling people about Jesus. Friends, that has been the call for every Christian who's ever lived. This morning, if you're sitting in Unity Advent Christian Church and you say, I am a Christian, you are a fisher of men. If you're not doing it, you may be a disobedient fisherman right now. <laughs> but we are all called to be fishermen. We are all call, called to participate somehow in that. Some of us don't have the, the evangelistic gift. I don't have it. I'm not an evangelist. 
But I also know that the Lord has put me into situations, places, conversations in order to tell people about Jesus. I was so thrilled uh, uh, this last week when somebody told me, hey, you know what? Um, I was at the grocery store. I saw this gal. Um, she she kind of spilled how hard her life was, and I didn't know what else to say, so I stepped up and said, you know what? Me and my church are going to pray for you. Like, yes! This girl's not an evangelist, but she's out there fishing for women and fishing for men for Jesus. And that's what we've been called to do, including into our schools. Including into our schools. I remember in the third grade, I went to a new school. And I got my new clothes and I got all my supplies and I went to school the first day expecting to meet all new friends. I didn't know anybody there except for my brothers and they were in other classes. So I went to the school, excited to meet friends, and I came home that night and I cried myself to sleep. Nobody wanted to be my friend. They were all busy with the friends they already had. They were already doing all the things they wanted to do. They ignored me. I wasn't the most outgoing guy either, but I was so sad. So my parents gave me the pep talk. We'll try it again tomorrow. So I get new clothes on the next day, get all my backpack on, my lunch. I go out to school, cried myself to sleep that night. That entire week, I cried myself to sleep because no one was reaching out to me, even though I was going to a Christian school. But now we have the opportunity to take the Christians and go into the schools. And on that first day of school, you have the opportunity to say, hey, this might be a new, new kid who's here. This, this kid might not only need a friend, this kid might need Jesus. Hey, here's a, here's a kid who's actually been here before, and it seems like everybody ignores that kid. They might need a friend, and they might need to know about Jesus. Or here's somebody who everybody seems to love, but you want to know the truth about people who are popular? Usually, they're very scared. And they need a good friend just as much. And so we have an opportunity not to go in as people who are afraid. Jesus said, don't be afraid. I'm sending you in to fish. I'm sending you in to share this good news because look what Jesus has done for you. Now go share that good news. I know a, a, a pastor friend of mine, you know, this commissioning service wasn't my brainchild. There was a pastor that I knew back in, in uh, the Seattle area. He got his church together to do a commissioning service at their school. They had gone into their community, into their city, and they had done a survey in the schools. And you know what the survey told them? The survey told them that over half of the students thought the words Jesus Christ were merely a curse word. They had no idea who Jesus Christ was. And so they literally were praying over their students and sending them into schools where the only thing people knew about Jesus Christ was they could, they could use it if they struck out. They could use his name if they hurt their foot. And so the pastor's son actually went into the schools too. He was in high school. He was a basketball player. He wasn't the best one on the team. And he went into the school this year thinking, I'm, I'm going to go share about Jesus. Got onto the team. And his mission was not only to play his hardest and win games, but his mission was to share Jesus with every player on that team. At the end of the year, the majority of that team had ended up at the church and several of them had given their lives to Jesus. And my friends, those were wins. Those were the wins. When you go back into school and you're sitting in your, your block one, you're there to maybe learn reading, but you're also there because the people in your group, they might not know Jesus, 
When you go into the school to teach, you might have been told that you have to clamp down, but your actions and those opportunities when kids ask you for help on the side, that's your opportunity to share about Jesus. This isn't just about a paycheck. Parents, when you're at pickup and when you're helping with PTA and when there's ball games that are on the side, those aren't just opportunities to, to, get, to get down and dirty doing things that the school needs you to do. Those are opportunities next to other parents to tell them about Jesus. Because Jesus said this, one day I'm coming back and there's not going to be a South Johnston. There's not going to be a Meadow. There's not going to be an Innovation Academy or Four Oaks Middle or Element. There's going to be a kingdom. And if people in those schools don't know Jesus, they won't get to that kingdom. Isn't it awesome that you get to go give invitations to the kingdom? Tomorrow is your first day. And so I'm excited. I get so excited because I know this also about you, youth. You are the greatest missionary force on this planet. You know that? God has given you the ability to have faith. You just you believe Jesus and the ability to go speak about Jesus. And so I, I love that tomorrow we take the greatest missionary force on the planet and we're sending them into our schools. And so I want to finish with this quick passage out of Acts 13, it says this. Now there were in the church at Antioch, prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Mannion, a member of the court of Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul, who's also Paul. We talked about him. His life had been changed, and now he's on mission, and he's with these leaders in Antioch. It says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul, or Paul, for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia and from there they sailed to Cyprus. So this guy who had not known Jesus and came to Jesus while he's in a prayer meeting with some other guys, the Holy Spirit says, set apart for me Barnabas and Paul. I have a special mission for them. And so they were set apart they laid their hands on them. And then it says the church sent them out and the Holy Spirit sent them out. And this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to replicate that commissioning service. By by praying over our kids. The teachers, staff. And together with the Holy Spirit, we're going to send them into the schools. And it's going to be awesome. So this time, what I'm going to do, I'm going to ask all the students and and teachers and administration, if you would make your way back to the back uh, vestibule back there. And then uh, when it's time, we're going to call you out one by one and then uh, finally have them come to the front all together where we will pray for them. Kids, you'll all collect around the flag. You need to choose yourself a flag bearer to come on down. Now, you, you might not be able to see what I see, but here's what I see from, from this perspective. That room is jammed. Jammed with people that we are injecting into our schools. It's awesome. And we get to participate with them in a very special way. Now, I do have these things to say really quick. These kids worked, uh, several of them worked super hard on Wednesday night decorating these flags. They turned out awesome. 
Um, and I also want to give a special thanks to Wilma, who went to town sewing these flags, and so they came out so great. I'm so thrilled. Thank you so much. And again, thank you, everybody, for um, just being willing to be a part of this and also for the, the, the lunch that's to follow. It's just a great day to bless these kids. They will remember things like this and the opportunity that we took to, to um, value them, to value them. And, and I would just love the opportunity for them to go into school and say, hey, I know this guy, Jesus, and I also know this church that loves kids. You want to come with me? And I just love what, uh, what you're doing to participate with this today. So I think they're getting a little bit organized back there, and we're going to call them in uh, school by school. And we'll get them all up here, and we'll pray for them. All right, you all ready back there? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I will say this uh, while we're waiting for them. Um, it's our privilege to have Dr. David Pierce uh, Pierce with us this morning. You need something, Ronnie? All right, if you didn't hear that, there will be DVDs available, singing and all that available afterwards. Uh, I want to let you know, uh, Dr. David Pierce is here. He's, he's uh, one administrator who's representing our schools today. Uh, we sent out invitations to all the principals in it and included the superintendent of uh, Johnston County Schools and their board. Uh, many of them uh, obviously weren't able to come because they're also investing in their own churches. One of them said, I'm sorry, I have to be in the nursery this week. I, I, I can't get out of that. Um, several said we're out of town, but a large number of them wrote back saying, thank you so much. Like, we're so thankful that your church is investing in our school. So even though we might not see their faces, um, their names will be displayed up here, these principals and leaders. And uh, we need to pray for them because they've got a, a huge duty. Uh, many of them are believers, and they use this as an opportunity and a way to pastor a school and to, to use their role to, to shepherd people towards Jesus. So um, we're, we're, we're thrilled for the opportunity to do that, even if they're not here. You all ready? Okay, I hear we're ready. All right, we'll begin. Benson Elementary School with Principal Dunstan. Four Oaks Elementary School with Principal Kathy Parrish. Meadow School, Principal Sonia Grease. Did I say that right? Grice. Everybody else knows it but me. Pathway Christian School, Principal Anna Allen. Four Oaks Middle School, Principal Toll Avery. Innovation Academy, Principal Kelly Johnson. 
South Johnston High School, Principal Dr. David Pierce. Johnston County Public Schools, Superintendent Dr. Ross Renfro. Wake County Public Schools, Superintendent Kathy Moore. And finally, best for last, all preschools. Come on down. Isn't this amazing? So amazing. Which, which, which makes me glad that we did that stage project. It really does. And uh, you know it's good when the, the speaker has to move over to make room. That's just a good sign. And kids, we are so proud of you and just all the work that you've already put in, not just with flags, but also with your schoolwork. Also with coming to Bible diggers and Sunday school and, and learning, uh, that has just been such a huge investment that you're making not only in your life, but now as you go in, you get to talk about Jesus with all that you've learned. So we're excited about that. Uh, one thing that we get to do is pray over you, and uh, that's our privilege to do. We want to be together with you in this. When we read the passage in Acts, they took the leaders and they prayed over because these are representing uh, families. I would like parents to come and be the ones that are going to be lay, laying their hands on their kids. So if you're a parent of one of the kids up here. I'm going to ask for you to come up and be, be leadership praying uh, over these kids. Would you come at this time as well? <clears throat> yeah, we might end up with everybody up here at some point. <laughs> Parents, I want to thank you just for your investment, um, not only just in your kids, also in the entire youth group, um, just watching you work already, preparing a taco meal and all helping out so much. It's, it's, a, it's a great privilege as a pastor to see that happen. I, I'm thankful for what you do for my kids as well. At this time, we're going to pray over this. And I know you're not up here with hands on, but here's what I'm going to ask you to do is to, in a phys very physical way, represent that by if you would just kind of reach out your hands towards them today. And just give that opportunity of participating and, and, and putting your hands over these people. And we're going to pray and send them out in Jesus' name. And so, Father, we just come to you again this morning, having witnessed what you have done in the Scripture to make it possible to have good news, what you have done through Jesus, and then what you've been doing in the lives of these kids and teachers and faculty and parents. Lord, we're just so grateful for watching you at work in their lives. And so we ask that together with your Holy Spirit, Lord, that, that you would help them as they go into the schools. Yes, to learn math and reading and, and, and everything else that they will learn, but 
also to take the name of Jesus and to make it known. I pray that it will be made known through their actions, through their thoughts, through their words. Lord, that all together their lives might be dedicated to telling others about you. And we pray that there would be a harvest. Not necessarily that we get more people at Unity Church, but that there would be invitations sent out for the kingdom and that there would be more people in the kingdom as a result. And so, Lord, we commission these kids, we commission these parents, teachers, administrators, Lord, that you would send them into the schools. We pray that you'd protect them. We pray that your hand would be over their classrooms, their teachers. We pray that you would just cause families in that place to recognize your peace this year. Lord, we give you so much thanks already for what you're going to do. We ask that you'd keep us from being afraid and that we would take you at your word and help us, Lord, as we go catch men. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.